0: Terry A. Crone of St. Joseph County, and the Honorable Elizabeth F. Tavitas of Lake County. You may be seated. Good afternoon, so glad to see everybody in person, and so glad that it's sunny out. So we are here today on this case, um, counsel for appellant, Mark Crandley. Yes, sir. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, sir. Um you've reserved five minutes for rebuttal, correct? All right. And um Brian him.
1: Yes, Your honor.
0: Did I do that right? You did. Ah, that's surprising. All right. Is Council ready to proceed? I am Your honor. You ready?
2: Your
0: honor. All right. It's with you.
2: Thank you, Your Honors. May it please the Court. We're here today about a Clinton County ordinance passed by the Appellants, the Clinton County Commissioners, that makes a general ban on the use of e-cigarettes throughout uh, county property, not throughout the county generally, but just on county property. This ban applies to anyone on county property, offices, vehicles, buildings. It applies to those coming to court in Clinton County and using the courthouse. It applies to the auditor's office, the treasurer, and those coming to use those constitutional offices. It applies to employees throughout all the offices. And it applies to the jail, which is county property. The sheriff asserts in the trial court found that the sheriff can give prisoners in the Clinton County jail an exception to this general ban on the use of e-cigarettes on county property so the question comes up on this appeal is whether the sheriff has this ability to overrule the generally applicable ban on the use of e-cigarettes now you'll be told is there a
3: difference between the uh, uh, original ordinance uh, 2012-4 and uh, uh
2: 2021-5 there there is the key difference the 2012 ordinance came up in the long ago time now when there wasn't a state smoking ban and it banned traditional cigarettes. The 2021 extension of that was to include in the definition of cigarettes e-cigarettes. So uh, with the little electronic cigarette you, you can buy in convenience stores or in this case the jail commissary. That's the big change between the two. Otherwise they, they stayed relatively the same.
4: So is there a statute, a state statute that prohibits e-cigarettes?
2: No, and in fact, the state smoking ban does not include e-cigarettes, but it allows us to extend the smoking ban uh, to include more restrictive readings and uh, in, in positions. Um, in, from our perspective, the extension of the definition of cigarette to include not just traditional cigarettes, but a new developing public health issue with e-cigarettes that arose after that time. Uh, Is consistent with that, and there are other statutes that allow us to regulate both state, uh, both county property, uh, and the county health and welfare. Is your position that
3: that you can regulate the sale, or just the
2: uh, use? I think the sale creates a a, a much different problem. Uh, Our our position, certainly, we can regulate the use. I I think the statutes on the commissary and the uh, uh, the take care provision that the sheriff relies so much here would be a closer case on that, I'm not sure it gets them all the way there, but I think there's a fundamental difference between saying you prisoners have to obey the generally applicable law versus you sheriff can and can't sell this item in uh, the commissary. And I think it's important. So are you
3: trying to prohibit the sale or just the use?
2: Just the use. That's all this prohibits. And in fact, prisoners in the county jail can buy these. They can't have them on their person. What they can't do is use them. The restriction that applies to anyone coming on the county property, just like coming to the auditor's office, you've got to keep it in your pocket. You Isn't that
3: already it. prohibited by state statute?
2: It is not. Not for e cigarettes, honor.
4: So, what for, is your authority? I'm sorry.
2: For regular cigarettes, it's already prohibited. It would be, yeah. So, But if a, a, somebody needing to see the auditor came in and had an e-cigarette, they'd have to put it in their pocket and couldn't use it. It's the same thing we're asking the prisoners so why, to do.
3: Why, why wasn't uh, an action brought under that statute? that does not include the commissioners having authority to bring an enforcement action.
2: You're talking about under the state smoking yeah. statute? Because the commissioners have powers beyond that as well. We have at least... So two you argue out. the statute
3: specifically authorizes a number of different entities' uh, authority to bring uh, a civil action, in fact, this, the statute makes it a crime to uh, to allow it to occur, right, and an infraction to allow it to occur, a misdemeanor to do it. Uh, one of which is, uh, one of the local officials is the local health officer who serves generally at the pleasure of the commissioners.
2: The problem we have with that, Your Honor, would be that if our ordinance, uh, our, our ordinance expands the statute as we're allowed to do to create something authority. that's more restrictive. I,
4: when you say expand, under
2: what authority? The, the smoking ban uh, statute itself, and let me give you the exact site, has uh, language in it that allows us to impose more restrictive um, uh, provisions, and that's 7.1-5-12-13. Which says the chapter does not permit, prohibit a county, city, town, or other governmental unit from adopting an ordinance more restrictive than this chapter, and ours is more restrictive. We've include different types of smoking that would not prevail under the uh, state smoking. But there government.
3: wouldn't even be any argument if, 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 the local health officer, or the alcohol and tobacco commission, or the state health officer, or uh, a local hospital
2: brought the action, right? No, so, I, I agree. Right. smoking. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And with the so why, well,
3: I guess my question is, why wasn't that suit brought as opposed to bringing one where you have to jump through these hoops and, and convince us that the commissioners control uh, the internal operation of a jail, which the case law uh, suggests uh, they don't?
2: We don't believe we're trying to control the internal use of the jail. And in fact, I think suing a prisoner while he's in the custody of the uh, sheriff may cause more problems along that line. Plus, It
3: allows the civil action to be brought against whoever's allowing the uh, smoking to occur in a place of employment which would include the jail, right?
2: That, that would be true, Your Honor. And that may be a different way we, we could go through this, but we ultimately wanted to resolve this issue once and for all in one civil declaratory judgment action, which is what the case was originally brought as. And the question then becomes whether we have the power to enforce our local ordinance, which the General Assembly has left it to. The if you've got to
3: lay down under the statute, I don't understand why you're bringing the action in, in the name of somebody else.
2: As far as somebody suing somebody else, as far as bringing the suit against the sheriff as opposed to prisoners? Right. Because as of right now the prisoners are not allowed to smoke and the sheriff's not selling them that product. They were. They, they were at the time, yeah, right. and we passed an ordinance that, that we would like enforced and, and we have some uncertainty. could have
3: stopped it by just having the local health officer file an action to prohibit the sheriff from allowing anybody to smoke in the jail under that statute, right?
2: That's one possible way, Your Honor, but I would say we'd also have the legislative authority and the authority as the commissioners to pass ordinances that carry out the smoking ban through and the gen, our general And interest. you might, but
3: that's certainly a heavier lift. I don't
2: think so, Your Honor, because okay. first of all, we start with the Home Rule Act that everything the commissioners... Home Rule but,
3: Act doesn't give you any authority to, to uh, uh, overrule other local officials. I
2: I don't think that's necessarily true as as stated, Your Honor. Under the City of Crown Point case, the the Supreme Court said that if you have generally applicable rules, they do apply not only just against other government entities, but under another Home Rule Act body. That was a city and a county butting heads actually over a community correction center. And ultimately, that community correction center uh, in Lake County needed to comply with uh, city zoning ordinances that were generally applicable. The
3: zoning ordinance, it's not the same as the operation of the jail. How do do you distinguish the the cases that say that uh, the county doesn't have any control over the operation of the jail?
2: Well, certainly the sheriff doesn't have free-for-all to do anything he likes within the jail regardless of other county ordinances. And we know that one, we're given the sole authority to make sure the county property is is properly taken care of. That's under... um, How
4: does that go to the take care responsibilities and duties under the sheriff's duties under Indiana Code Section 36 to 13.5.
2: And I, I think it's, again, it goes back to the Home Rule Act. The Home Rule Act says we have the power to do that unless somebody, and the magic word is expressly, is given that same authority. And whatever you think the take care of authority is, it's not authority that is expressly given to allow prisoners to use e-cigarettes. I don't. It's hard for me to conceptualize how a, one product versus another is taking care of Prisoners. We had a case that just came down from, from this court in the Martinez case where we were, Lake County was dealing with health care. Now that's obviously within the take care provision because we're talking about people getting sick and needing medical care. But when we're talking about products being sold out of the commissary, it's a little bit different. We, they have to be able to show that that provision, that take care provision, overrides the uh, authority given to the county under the various statutes. There's really two clusters of statutes, putting aside the smoking statute issue that give us authority to make ordinances that protect the public health or or protect the county property. And one of them is Indiana Code 362-3.54, and subsection 6 under that says we get to supervise the care and custody of county property. And then uh, 362- Okay, so
4: care and custody of county property, how does the use of e-cigarettes relate to that?
2: The concern is the chemicals and dangerous material that's in these cigarettes being breathed secondhand by people around it. We care about the employees whose health insurance we pay for, who are neighbors, we want to make sure they're safe.
4: But your authority is over the property.
2: And we don't want dangerous chemicals in the property. We would, I would also say that under the health and safety statutes, there's, there's two of those which go directly to protecting the general health and safety, whether it's property of the county or otherwise.
4: And how does, how do e-cigarettes harm others? because I I don't know, you'll have to tell me.
2: There's a dispute about that uh, between the parties, but there was a legislative decision made by the commissioners when they enacted it that they do. There is a body of research that says there's hard metals in these, and when they're breathed, either by the initial user or others, they can cause all kinds of damages based on the interaction of heavy metals within the body. And that, that's, again, Are you I think. talking
4: about the specific person or the people around? People
2: around as well, Your Honor. Just like with secondhand, maybe not, the body of knowledge about secondhand e-cigarette smoking is not the same as it was when we were banning secondhand cigarette because there was decades of research done on them. We're just not there yet. But the commissioners have made their decision that, that we want to be ahead of that, not behind it. The General Assembly has given us that authority.
3: Well, the, the, the commissioners only have the authority authorized and given to them by the legislature, right? I'm sorry, Your Honor, I didn't cut. The Tuesday. commissioners only have the authority given to them by the legislature, right?
2: Yes, but there's two ways we get there, through the Home Rule Act and our general authorities and the fact that we're supposed to assume we have authorities, and then the specific statutes that allow us to regulate property, like the jail, and public health, like the inhalation of dangerous chemicals.
3: Well, you have, you have a general statute that says you have you have a right to maintain and, and, and control uh, county property, but there's a specific statute that gives the sheriff uh, control over the uh, uh, taking care of the county jail and the prisoners
2: therein. I, I would disagree that that's more general or more specific. I think than that's more,
3: less uh, specific than, than the general authority at, to uh, take at, care of county property.
2: On the when it comes, what 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 is the purpose of that that provision in that statute? To place upon a duty for the sheriff to be the point person in making sure that the sheriff, of the jail is safe, that sh- that inmates get medical treatment, things like that. It's not to say that they get to override. The same rules that apply to everyone else uh, within the county or within the county property. They don't get a prisoner exemption under that take care law.
3: The Home Rule Mm -hmm. Act says that the board can exercise the power only if that power is not expressly granted to another entity.
2: And and, and And you don't read that provision as granting that power specifically to the sheriff. It grants powers to the sheriff, but to say it expressly grants them power to uh, have prisoners use cigarettes. I mean, again, our ordinance isn't even focused on the sheriff. It's focused on what prisoners do. So I don't think it is expressly giving them anything. Do you think the
3: commissioners have the authority to control uh, what the the, uh, prisoners do
2: in the jail? No, but I think they have the authority to pass generally applicable ordinances that the prisoners have to apply for. I think this would be a different case if we were saying, uh, Sheriff Kelly, you need to use red jail uniforms, not orange jail uniforms. You need to have this rule for your deputies or that rule. But what we're saying is we have this generally applicable rule. You have to come forward, and under Dylan's rule, show a very explicit in the thumb on the scale against you that this uh, ordinance uh, or this statute is expressly on point and expressing and giving Dillon's the power before is, we step is aside. abrogated. Not for the sheriff. Dillon's rule is abrogated for units, which is cities, towns, counties, municipal corporations. A sheriff is not a unit. The sheriff's a constitutional officer. But he's still subject to Dillon's rule, even as a sub- just like the auditor and the treasurer would be.
4: So anytime the sheriff gets sued, then the county is liable?
2: Can be. We ultimately, the, I mean, the sheriff doesn't have his own purse outside of special funds like the commissary fund. Give
3: me a case where the Dillon rule was applied after uh, Bradford's opinion in Knob uh, Hill.
2: Most, most cases these days deal with units, but it's certainly.
3: Can you give me a case?
2: Not off the cuff, but I know there are some, Your Honor. Dillon's rule has not been fully abrogated to anything other than units under the Home I mean,
3: Rule. Knob Hill, it has.
2: Knob Hill applied, I believe, to to units of government. So it's also
3: specifically said the Dillon case is, is uh, the Dillon rule is abrogated
2: under the Home Rule Act, which applies to units. Yeah. And the sheriff is not a unit. He's not. He's right. not a unit. So he doesn't have Home Rule. So, act. Then, so he doesn't yeah. have Home Rule Act powers or an abrogation of the Dylan's rule.
4: So then you're saying that that it's always the sheriff is. He, not a separate unit of government so that means then under your arguments the county's always liable for anything that the sheriff does or doesn't do if you're saying that
2: I'm not going quite that far I would say this is a very murky area we're getting into some issues of tort law that don't necessarily Tell me where apply. you separate it I would say when it comes to generally applicable ordinances we have the ability to pass an ordinance that applies to everyone that's in the that's county that's not
4: answering my question I'm
2: sorry your honor doesn't mean not to answer so your
4: where do you separate the liability county's liability for the sheriff's act, actions or inactions
2: within the sheriff's constitutional ambit he's solely responsible but that also includes carrying.
4: explain that give me an example
2: well i think i'd go back to uh the example i gave earlier about jail uniforms or what the security measures in your jail we're not tinkering with that we don't think we can tinker with that that's up to the sheriff but when it comes to things that the the county under its power, to, you know, under 36.8.2-4, where we're allowed to uh, regulate, which is defined to include ban, uh, substances that we deem to be dangerous uh, that are discharged into the air, that's a different story. We're not trying to get into the sheriff's hand, but we're using our general regulatory power and expecting the prisoners in the jail of all people to comply with those.
3: If the sheriff's not a separate unit, why, why do you have to sue the sheriff? directly and can't sue the commissioners for actions by the sheriff or his or her deputies.
2: And I see my time's up, but almost up, but I'd like to answer your question. Yes, sir. Uh, because this is a long, simmering dispute. These parties have, this is one of several pieces of litigation. We knew that this dispute was argued in council and commissioner meetings, and, and it was a matter of public dispute. It's exactly what the declaratory judgment action, it, the declaratory judgment statutes, therefore, to take this issue, here's what this law is, who's right who's wrong, so we can move forward. Both sides need that. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you.
0: Mr. Deham.
1: May it please the court. This case is not about a uniformly applicable ordinance or the right to gain an an exemption from it. That's the wrong question. This, the central question in this case is whether or not the Home Rule Act or any other statute authorizes a board of commissioners to regulate conduct and, and materials inside of a county jail when our courts have historically and uniformly understood that that authority belongs solely to the sheriff. Who pays for
3: misconduct within the jail caused by the sheriff or his employees? The sheriff does.
1: Out of what? For the sheriff mis- doesn't have a separate... Uh, taxing power. I'm sorry, Your Honor. Who pays for misconduct or yeah. in this particular situation, the sheriff holds? In any
3: particular situation, if the sheriff uh, causes uh, liability, who pays for it?
1: The sheriff has the duty to pay for the any type of misconduct. Now, whether that comes out of his budget or ultimately um, comes out of he
3: doesn't have taxing authority. He has, his budget is a function of the county commissioner's budget, right?
1: That's correct, Your Honor.
3: Well, he doesn't have any authority to, to uh, raise funds to pay uh, uh, for any uh, tort liability that's incurred as a result of his uh, or his uh, employees' actions, right?
1: The sheriff does have a separate commissary fund that he is permitted to, to spend from, so that do- is separate from the general fund. Um, with regard to any particular liability, our courts have held that the sheriff is the, primary, is the correct party to any type of... He's the
3: correct party, but he's not the one that ultimately pays, right?
1: I, I think whether he's the one that ultimately pays or not is, uh, I would say ultimately it comes from, it, the funds ultimately do come from the, fun, uh, the money that is raised by the county itself.
4: Who has a duty to take care of the um, prisoners, the take care provision? Is that the county or is that the sheriff?
1: Your Honor, it's the sheriff. The uh, the statute itself, and that's 362.13.5, uh, expressly states that the sheriff has the duty to take care of the jail and the prisoners in there. And in doing so, our courts, courts have held that whenever deciding for civil liability purposes, who had the duty to act in those particular situations was the sheriff. So conveying the duty to take care of the jail and to take care of the prisoners in there necessarily conveyed the authority to fulfill that duty.
4: So what about uh, Indiana Code Section 36824, that a unit may regulate conduct or use of possession of property that might endanger the public health, safety, or welfare? Who has that responsibility? Who's the unit?
1: When it comes to whoever's the unit, I believe the county is the unit. This case, though, is a very unique type of situation when it comes to the Home Rule Act because it's not a typical Home Rule case where a county as a whole is butting up against a city or trying to determine whether or not a particular power exists in the first place. Here you have the county commissioners, which in and of themselves, they are not a unit. The county is the unit.
4: So then, under the statute then that I just cited, then it says that the unit, which would be the county, has the ability to um, regulate public health, safety, and welfare. So then, that would go in favor of the commissioner's argument that they can ban e-cigarettes?
1: No, Your Honor. Broadly speaking, the county does have the authority to regulate health, safety and welfare, but the take care of provision in the statute is a more specific provision that exempts the jail.
4: So how do we reconcile those?
1: The way that we reconcile them is that the county has the authority to regulate health, health safety and welfare, but when it comes to the health safety or welfare of prisoners or inmates in the prison that's the sheriff's responsibility to take care of the inmates in there and the reason for that is that this is a very different animal a particular uniformly applicable ordinance would have drastically different results and disparate impacts upon the prison upon the jail versus just generally applicable uh, community buildings for example this particular ordinance, the particular e-cigarette ordinance that we're talking about here today, in order to enforce it and in order to violate it, the county official or the department head must go to the individual who is using an e-cigarette and ask them to leave county property. And then only when the individual refuses to leave county property are they, is the department head required to then call the police, and escort them off county property. But the, no one's going to leave. The
0: ordinance property. doesn't doesn't cover county property. Okay, it controls county offices, places of employment, buildings, and vehicles. It doesn't say county property. Yes, Would you agree there's a difference?
1: I, I believe that it it, it it covers county buildings. So... That's, that's what I'm speaking about. So, so
0: it would cover, like, for example, an office building or something like that. And conceivably, would it cover the building that the jail is in?
1: Your Honor, I believe the commissioners are are asserting that the, that it does cover the jail. We would say that it does not simply because their authority ends at the jail.
0: Okay. Well, in, in any event, let's put the jail to the side. Let's talk about the outside of the jail. Because in any jail situation, there is a yard is there not where prisoners can go outside?
1: That's So
0: in, in any event, is that yard itself covered under this ordinance?
1: No, Your Honor. That, again, would still, ca- would still be inside the jail.
2: Okay.
1: Because this particular jail facility includes the yard. We still have the fences, and the, inmate and the prisoners are still required to stay in. So what
4: about county property, excuse me, such as parks, um, fairgrounds? are the that's a county I'm not sure that it's county or state but with that they can regulate that as well then
1: I don't think there's a question as to whether or not they can regulate that particular property if they do I mean we're certainly not disputing it because that's beyond what what we're challenging in this particular case Um, I'm not prepared to say yes or no but I do think that that's just not what we're challenging
4: and you're saying that because there's specific statutes that give the sheriff Specific powers to regulate what happens within uh, the sheriff's um, his property and, and the jail.
1: That's correct, Your Honor. The take care of statute specifically authorizes the the sheriff to do just that: take care of the uh, the prisoners inside the jail. So,
4: are there DOC regulations that the sheriff needs to follow?
1: Yes, Your Honor. The sheriff is limited is uh, his. Authority is essentially checked by the department by the General Assembly and the in Indiana Department of Corrections
4: And in the and the Department of Corrections are e-cigarettes allowed
1: they are
3: You would agree that the legislature has the right to uh, regulate the the, uh, sheriff's
1: operation absolutely your honor,
3: okay? And then uh, would you agree that? uh, uh, 7.1-5 the general uh, uh, smoking Statute that was uh, passed by the legislature that prohibits smoking in a place of employment would apply to the jail?
1: Yes, Your Honor, smoking doesn't occur in the jail.
3: Okay, it, it was not occurring in the jail prior to uh, the initiation of the suit, or the, the adoption of the uh, last ordinance? I don't believe so, Your Honor. Okay, but you would agree that that applies, and that there is an enforcement mechanism available to the county health officer, among others, the Alcohol and Tobacco Commission, or their prosecutor to bring an action if if there was a violation of that particular statute. Yes, Your Honor. So the sheriff's authority in the jail facility does not supersede the
1: State Legislature's prohibitions. That's one hundred percent correct. And when asked That does not apply to e cigarettes, right? It does not. And when asking uh, the Commissioner's Council why the commissioners did not pursue such an action, the reason is simple, is that this particular ordinance does, is not born out of that statute. The definition of smoking involves lighted tobacco, not e-cigarettes. So that's why this type of, that type of action that you were discussing earlier was not brought. It could not have been brought. But they want, to, they want to prohibit both, right? The commissioners do, yes. Yeah. And there's no question with regard to smoking in general, meaning the correct definition of smoking as in lighted tobacco. We're only talking about e-cigarettes. What
0: well, the what the what the ordinance talks about, the 2021 ordinance, is any tobacco product. It, is an e-cigarette, a tobacco product. It,
1: it is not, Your Honor. It's a nicotine product. It is so those two
0: two separate, different things.
1: It is, Your Honor. And the ordinance itself says, or it's synthetic equivalent, and it's being interpreted by the commissioners as uh, the synthetic equivalent is nicotine products, pouches, e-cigarettes of this kind. How does that
0: harm? Well, if if you're looking at at the way that the sentence is written, smoking, comma, and the use of any tobacco product. So tobacco product is then what is being defined when it says including but not limited to and then any type of smokeless tobacco or its synthetic equivalent. So we're defining the term tobacco product and synthetic equivalent is defining the smokeless tobacco.
1: Yes, Your Honor, I, don't, I, I believe that the, the way that this, the ordinance is set up is that it does, as you said, it does restrict the use of tobacco products, and then when it goes further and says or it's synthetic equivalent, that's being seen as a broad carve-out, I mean, not a carve-out, but a broad application to nicotine products such as this, meaning products that are synthetically equivalent uh, to tobacco.
0: Couldn't they have said any tobacco or nicotine product, and then this may not have actually been as thorny as it is?
1: I I think they could have, and at least that particular issue wouldn't have come up, but we still would have the central issue in this case that the sheriff is the one. Uh, Of whose authority actually it is. That's right.
4: Yeah, okay. But they're saying that they have the duty to look out for the general welfare of county employees. So what is the harm, in your opinion, of these e-cigarettes on the general public or, or people around, people who are vaping?
1: Your Honor, that wasn't an issue in this case and that hasn't been litigated in this case, so I'll, I'll be very forward and say that we don't actually have a lot of information in the record about the dangers of e-cigarettes or, or whether or not they're a safer alternative. I know that you can find both answers whenever you do some research, but I think the, the main issue to look at here was that when council said that the commissioners made a legislative decision that these e-cigarettes were dangerous, vaping was dangerous, and that's why they passed this ordinance, our record demonstrates in this case that that is a uh, Undeniably not correct in fact the commissioners filed a motion to correct error in this case uh, Based upon newly discovered evidence and that newly discovered evidence was the dangers of vaping So presuming that that motion was correct and forthright with the trial court the commissioners could not have Had that particular information as the basis for their passing this ordinance in the first place
0: So it basically is who had the power kerfluffle rather than anything else.
1: That's 100% the case and I would talk about briefly um, that first, when deciding whether or not this is a home rule case, um, that this is not the typical home rule case, like I said, we're not butting up against a city. We're not deciding whether a power exists in general. We know that the power to administer the jail exists. The state of Indiana and its uh, authorized officers have been administering jails ever since the creation of this state. and. So what the commissioners are essentially saying is not that we're saying that this power exists now under the Home Rule Act. They're saying it's no longer the sheriff's, it's ours now. But this goes far beyond, far beyond what the Home Rule Act was intended to do. And moreover, the commissioners rely upon the Supreme Court's decision in Crown Point versus Lake County to argue that without a hyper-specific list of each individual action that the sheriff is empowered to do, that they, the commissioners, have that power based upon the Home Rule Act. But the Supreme Court actually already addressed what the meaning of expressly is in that statute. So first, um, as you've as discussed already, that case involved zoning regulations pursuant to state statute, and the county essentially said, we're not subject to those zoning ordinances, or those zoning regulations, even though there's really no difference between us and any other landowner. We're the county, so under the Home Rule Act, you do not have the authority to impose these upon us. That's not the sheriff's argument here, regardless of how much the commissioners want it to be. The sheriff is is, is just as subject to this ordinance, the e-smoking ordinance, As any other individual in Clinton County, if he walks into the trial to, uh, you know, a courtroom, he cannot use a vaping pen. He cannot use an e-cigarette. We're purely talking about conduct within the jail. So this is not an exception. It's essentially an overreach by the commissioners. The jail is essentially a completely different animal. There's safety safety issues that are involved. There's behavioral issues. You can't leave the jail, which is precisely what the ordinance requires you to ask someone to do. So Crown Point did not involve the same issue, but more importantly, the court actually rejected the hyper-specific definition of the word expressly that the commissioners are asserting. Um, the county in that case argued that pursuant to the Home Rule Act, the city could not impose a duty upon the county based on, by virtue of these zoning regulations, except where the authority was expressly granted by statute, as the Home Rule Act says. But there was no express statute that said you can apply these zoning regulations to another unit, or you can apply them to the county, you can apply them to another county officer. And the Supreme Court actually took a practical approach to this and said, we haven't found any statute that says something like that. They just don't exist. You don't
3: have to sound like it's such a surprise that they took a practical approach. You know. <laughs> they, 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 they're able to watch the uh, recording of this.
1: I guess I'm just happy they took a practical approach because that practical approach really helps our case um, with because essentially here, there are no statutes that say what the commissioners want them to say for the sheriff. there's I, I've been able to un, uh, unable to find, and the uh, commissioners have been, have not presented any statute that says, so and so or this particular county officer may create an exemption from a statute passed by or from an ordinance passed by a, the county board of commissioners that just doesn't exist so essentially the court said that expressly granted does not mean that you actually have to list out those words we instead look at the plain meaning of statutes the plain meaning of the take care of statute and we determine what that says but that's exactly the exact opposite is what the commissioners are arguing for here today
4: so but the sheriff can't do whatever the sheriff wants to do
1: absolutely not
4: so where, where do you draw the line
1: sure i think there's plenty of lines first you have the general assembly that regulates the that can regulate the sheriff and does. And then when it comes to the County Board of Commissioners versus the sheriff, the County Board of Commissioners unquestionably have the duty and the authority to maintain and repair the jail. That's quite accurate. Once that is done, based upon Weatherhold versus Spencer County, Waldrip versus Waldrop, any number of cases that have already been decided, once that is completed, the sheriff then becomes the caretaker of the jail. The sheriff has the authority and the duty to take care of that jail and to take care of the inmates in there. Now, one of the obvious questions that I, maybe I shouldn't say obvious, but one of the natural questions that would come about then is what happens if the sheriff is just bad at his job? What happens if the sheriff is letting fires be started in the jail and it's really expensive to repair the jail or to maintain the jail now for the county? That would
4: clearly be um, part of the commissioners because they're they're not going to allow you to damage their property. So they would have authority over that type of behavior. Would well, you agree?
1: No, Your Honor, actually.
4: If they were, if you were setting fires in the jail?
1: The commissioners would not have the authority over the that. Legislature does, the, legislature the, does. the legislature does. Under the Constitution. The legislature would have the authority over that conduct, and so would the sheriff. The commissioners, though, they have the power of the purse. They have the power to say, to the sheriff that he is allowing conduct to occur in the jail that makes it extremely expensive to maintain the jail and to repair the jail. So we're only going to allocate what is reasonably necessary, presuming that you would have done your job appropriately. Now, that's not happening here, but it's just an important aspect to remember to this case that there are checks and balances already in place, and there is no need for an essential switch of power or power grab here.
4: So what's really going on in this case?
1: (laughs) You know, I, I think essentially it is a misinterpretation of who is responsible. And if I were to be very forthright, I think there may be personalities involved that are making it difficult. But essentially what's in front of this court is who has the authority here. And the sheriff's position that he has the authority over the jail has been the position of this court and the Supreme Court and the General Assembly since the inception of this state. And since before the Home Rule Act was adopted, remember, based upon what the commissioners have to say, uh, before the Home Rule Act, nobody had the authority to administer the jail. If you accept their interpretation and application of Dillon's rule, they say that there has to be a specific a precisely specific grant of authority that means that the sheriff would have a spec- would need to have a specific grant of authority to purchase bed sheets or do any number of things that we all understand are part of his authority and the last thing i want to leave you with real quick is just to demonstrate that there really is no limitation to the commissioner's argument here essentially if they say that a uniformly applicable ordinance also applies to the jail what would stop them from saying that you cannot eat or consume food in county buildings based upon their argument that would still apply to the jail but obviously it could not but that's what they're arguing for here today and that's my time thank you
0: thank you Mr. Cranley you have uh, five
2: minutes for your thoughts thank you your honor I I, I guess I want to start where my colleague ended in in and ask, where, where does this end? We just had a counsel for a sheriff tell you that he can allow prisoners to set fire to a jail, and it would have the commissioners need to just turn a blind eye to it. We actually have ordinances in Clinton. There's
3: a uh, removal provision under Article 6 of the Constitution. Sure. The hardly, can remove the
2: sheriff. Ha- hardly ever and, use or go to the I, legislation. I
3: understand that, but there is a mechanism for dealing with such a situation in the Constitution. Is there not, sir? Sure, and I,
2: I would not say that we're trying to remove Sheriff Kelly for selling e-cigarettes. No, but, but if he was allowing...
3: Is, conduct was egregious enough there's a remedy
2: but I, what i was pointing out though is there are ordinances passed by counties around the state that we rely on that, that prevent people from making false alarms making fires all those could be enforced against prisoners at, at least until today I, I would have thought that would have been undisputable but uh, apparently not apparently the sheriff uh, has carte blanche power not only to set his own rules but to say our rules don't apply and the only way you can possibly get there the only way they can possibly win this case is if they show that the language saying that they get to take care of, they have a duty to take care of the prisoners in the jail is so specific it can overcome the Home Rule Act presumption and strip the power to make a general ordinance that otherwise exists with the commissioners. We're not saying that we need to find a statute that says, uh, like in the, like the, the practical way the Supreme Court looked at it, that it says, uh, Sheriff, you have this power to override the commissioners. But you've got to have something more specific on point than just the general take care duty. It doesn't even talk about e-cigarettes. It doesn't talk about the commissary. We're not talking about a situation where commissioners have said we're not giving food. Obviously, that would be something that would be taking care. But is taking care of prisoners in the jail the same as selling them e-cigarettes? How is that consistent at all? Just because the something
0: ordinance th- doesn't even cover selling.
2: I'm sorry, you what was the The last ordinance
0: word? does not cover selling.
2: It, and it does not. It, it, the sheriff's uh, prohibiting or allowing using, was, which is really what's what's that issue. Um, I, I I can't reconcile the idea of taking care of the safety, the health, all the things the prisoners have by their status of prisoner with using e-cigarettes. Those aren't the same things. That's not what that statute covers. Certainly, if you look at it through the home rule prism where the thumb is on the scale, um, uh, in our favor, that can't be an express statute.
3: Well, there's an express exemption in the the home rule statute that says um, they can make procedures to the extent those procedures are not expressly assigned to other elected officials, not Uh, units, but elected
2: officials. Yeah, I think that's what the case spins on, is that provision, and whether the, the... take care subsection of the sheriff's general list of duties goes so specific into and the commissary items and the use of commissary items that it's part of their take care. I think that's not been shown by the sheriff. It's his obligation to prove that. It's our obligation to defend our doesn't ordinance. the
3: case law talk about the county commissioners don't really have any authority to regulate any part of the operation of the jails? I think the in the, word, tort, in the tort area.
2: In the tort area. And I think the word I would I would seize on in that is because it was in the tort area, it's the word any. I don't think our our jurisdiction stops at the jail. It becomes much narrower. There are things taken out of it. I gave you examples like the uniforms, the security measures. But those
3: cases specifically say things like the duty to establish and maintain extends only to building the jail, keeping it open and good repair. Uh, There's no control over the actions of the sheriff or his officers at all. No duty to administer the jail. I mean, those are are quotes from... uh, Prior reported cases, right? They,
2: they are talking about one specific statute about the role of the county commissioners in creating. Talking the jail. about
3: the liability uh, relationship, and that the county commissioners have no liability because they have no duty, which is a requirement under the negligence uh, cause of action. And they're saying there is no duty, therefore there can be no. Uh, a claim against the commissioners. Isn't that what they're saying? In very uh, clear language, it appears uh, to be. I,
2: I think you're right, Your Honor, but I think it only goes so far. And the, the reason that the case, cases looked at those two statutes is because they were trying to determine which of these two entities had control over the safety measures, the other protective measures for prisoners in the jail. That's pretty, and strong,
1: sh- pretty
3: strong language when it says no duty to administer the has no control over the actions of the sheriff or his officers at all.
2: But I don't think those statu- cases even addressed, let alone considered the circumstance where a sheriff would try and exempt... Prisoners from generally applicable ordinance, Your Honor, you, Judge Savitas, you had asked earlier, where's the line? That's where the well, line they is. They can't
3: exempt him from criminal uh, uh, prosecution. I mean, that's, that's clear.
2: He told you that's exactly what. Our ordinance about setting fires is I don't no care longer what enforceable. He told me
3: that's not going to happen. Yeah. And you well, know it,
2: and he knows it. Well, I would hope so, but I, I did hear that. But it,
3: I, it's in a whole other constitutional office, the office of the prosecutor.
2: Well, but we have our own ordinances about setting fires, and we, under his view that they may or may
3: not be valid depending upon whether they, they duplicate a state uh, statute.
2: Possibly, but but the idea is that these types of things have been considered by counties around the state as enforceable, which would be taken out uh, by the, the sheriff's way uh, of looking at, at the world. With that, unless there's any other questions, I'll, I'll secede my, my last 20 seconds here. And I appreciate your honor's time uh, today.
0: Um, As always with our court, we appreciate the um, advocacy of counsel, and we thank them for being so prepared and able to answer all of our questions. We will discuss this matter and issue an opinion in due course. Thank you.
4: All rise. This court is now adjourned.